0: Welcome to the Publishing Life Podcast, and this episode is a bit different than what we typically do. It's just myself, Raspis, right now, and I'm just doing a quick introduction to the episode because a coach of ours at our company, Publishing Life, created a a YouTube video talking about this topic of Amazon FBA versus publishing, comparing and contrasting the two, talking about uh, you know the strengths, the weaknesses of each, depending on what kind of business or what kind of goals you have, how do these two compare to each other? And I found it to be an extremely informative video for people that perhaps don't know so much either about publishing or Amazon FBA or online business in general, and I felt would be really good content for the podcast. So after this introduction, I will be playing that and you'll be able to hear the pros and cons of each. So just for some context and background, Daniel has in the past owned an Amazon FBA business. And he now currently has a publishing business. So he has a lot of personal experience in both. And of course, as we are a company that teaches publishing, can only be at least a bit biased, right? But I feel like Daniel does a really good job of speaking about uh, both businesses from an as unbiased perspective as possible. So enjoy the podcast episode. I just want to drop in the daily reminder to like the podcast, give it a nice, favorable review if you enjoy it. That's the last thing I'll say, enjoy.
1: Hello everyone, I hope you're well. Welcome back for another video. Uh, Today we're gonna be talking about the difference between publishing and FBA. Well, what is FBA though? Uh, FBA stands for Fulfilled by Amazon. And this is for people who have a physical product, but they want to offload or outsource most of the logistical work in selling that product. So after it's been manufactured, what these people can do is ship that product into Amazon, Amazon will store that product in their warehouse. And then when someone's shopping on the Amazon website and buys that item, Amazon will pick, pack, and send that item to the customer. So it's it's taking away a lot of the stress and aggravation involved in doing that yourself. Plus, as you know, Amazon has a prime service, and they can get that product into someone's hands within 24 hours now. So it's an extremely powerful uh, tool. Um, and it's kind of sold as a very passive way of selling your product. However, it's missold. It's... It, it, it's very questionable about how passive that can be, but we're gonna get into that and that's one of the points of this video. Um, we're gonna break this down in five different ways, okay? The first thing we're gonna talk about is the amount of money you can potentially earn with each business model, publishing or FBA. The second point is how passive each of these different business models can be. The third is cost, What's, how much is, it, how much is it involved in setting up one of these uh, business models? And then, the, in my opinion, the most important, which is risk. Which one's the most risky and why? And then finally, the training costs. But to start with, we're going to talk about the amount of money earning potential um, compared between publishing and FBA. Okay, so how much money can you make? Well, I'm going to kick off right away and say that I think FBA is going to win this one hands down because the the money that you can earn doing FBA is phenomenal. It's an enormous amount. I've seen videos, i've I've seen content on YouTube, and I'm sure you guys have as well. There's people earning seventeen million, twenty million a year doing FBA. Um it is rare to get that high, but there are a few. Um, but you know with publishing, you can definitely earn millions doing it, and there are people who've made millions doing it. And I for one will be documenting um how I, well, I'm currently documenting right now how I'm going to get my business to doing fifty thousand in a month by the end of the year. Um, and next year I'll be selling my business and I'll be documenting that as well. And I, I fully expect to get over a million for it. So, you know, fingers crossed, but let's see. Um, so, you know, can you make millions from publishing? Yes, you can. Can you make more from FBA? Yeah, you probably can. However, there's an enormous amount of risk associated with it. And that's kind of what this video is about. What is actually involved with both, how passive they are um, and whether or not that suits you and your goals and, and what you're what you're learning. You know, uh, as I said, a lot of information out there about how passive FBA is and and how risk free it is. That's really what the crux of this video is about. But you know what? The first point goes to FBA. Uh, They win this round. Okay. so point number two, how passive is publishing compared to FBA? Right. Well, I, I kind of touched on that in the first point, but let's dig into it a little bit more. So now with KDP, you're dealing with a zeros and ones. Okay, it's a digital product. We are creating a book that's stored in the ether, in the cloud. Okay, it's not actually there. Amazon has a different service called POD, which is called Print on Demand. So when someone buys a paperback book, one of your paperback books from Amazon, Amazon literally prints that book and sends it to them. So there's no storage costs. Okay, there's no physical product. There's no manufacturing. There's no uh, shipping involved. There's none of that. You're literally getting it. You're, You're writing it, having it written for you you formatting it, get some cover design work done and that kind of thing. And then it's in, it's out there, you know? So that creates the potential for enormously, enormous passive income. You can basically, once your products are out there, your your digital products are made, close the lid on your laptop, turn off your phone. You want to disappear traveling for a month. You're still going to be making money. You don't have to manage it. It will run itself. That is in my opinion, the true value of this business, because for certain people like myself, that's freedom. That's what I enjoy. That gives me the time to go and spend with my friends or my family, and it gives me the money to do that as well. And for me, that's the wealth. So you have to decide who you are and how you want to see things, but that's how I see it. Um, That's pure freedom in my mind. Now, in comparison, uh, when you're dealing with uh, FBA, you've got to, um, if a customer writes to you, in FBA, you have 24 hours to 48 hours to return that to return that contact. If you don't, you start getting strikes by Amazon. We don't have that with uh, publishing. Um, you know, customers returning their product again, it doesn't come into our world, so you don't have to contact the customer or deal with them. If the customers dami- t- returning your damaged stock again, we don't have to worry about that because we don't have to refurbish it or send it, bring it back to ourselves and have somebody deal with it and, and send it back out again or check it. Uh, it's 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 completely different in that respect so with regards to it being passive it's definitely a win for publishing publishing is way more passive than fba Uh, with fba there's no way you could turn off your laptop or turn off your phone uh, and disappear for any period of time you're running essentially a a traditional bricks and mortar business but you're running it from your laptop it's the the similarities are more closer to that than they are to anything else so the next round is cost so who's going to win this one The cost involved in setting up two businesses is is a really, really very important factor. Um, Budgeting for what you're going to be getting into is something you need to understand before you get into it. FBA, by comparison, as it should be, is a lot more expensive. But then the returns are a lot greater potentially too. (sighs) But, But this is where it gets difficult. When you're creating your product... Most, most of the time you're going to go to a website like Alibaba, you're going to find a manufacturer in a different country, most likely China, and then you're going to deal with the, the culture and the language difference and find a manufacturer that's going to give you a quality product. You've got to work with that manufacturer sending for backwards and forwards um, design iterations and this kind of thing until finally you place an order. And you've got to trust that manufacturer that when they actually send your order, you're going to get what you actually wanted, which is representative of the samples you've received and the lead up to that, because sometimes it's not. Um, it might be a different colour, it might be a different material, it might just be poor quality, whatever. It's certainly, um, it's certainly, it can get expensive. So you've got to manufacture these products and then you've got to ship these products. And we're going to come into this again in a moment. But when you're shipping your products, again, that's expensive. Whether you're doing it by air freight and they happen to be small and light and they can go on an aeroplane. Because most products tend to be heavy when they're in bulk and you have to go in a shipping container and they have to go to sea. Shipping to the UK from China, for example, is just over four weeks You've got a 6 weeks production run, that's 10 weeks, and then you've got to get it off at the other end and into the, into the warehouse and that kind of thing. So anything up to 12, 13 weeks, something like that, it's a long time. It's very expensive. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is because when you're setting up a supply chain, these are things you have to consider because you'll have your stock in Amazon being sold, so that stock is slowly being depleted depending on your sales velocity, but you have to have that stock replaced. And when you've got such a long time, 10 to 12 weeks, to get it manufactured, shipped, and into, into the warehouse... You have to have different stages in your supply chain. So you'll have stock being manufactured. You'll have stock at sea in transit and stock in the warehouse. So if your your stock costs 10 grand, 11,000, whatever, times that by three, that's what you're going to need to have. Or some sort of very optimized system where the points of failure do not affect the shipping and the arrival of your products. Because once they're out of stock, you lose your sales rank and you're starting all over again, aren't you? So um, it's expensive to set that up. Um, Also, when you're dealing with returns from your customers, sometimes returns will come back and you can't resell them. You've got to write that off. That's something you've got to absorb. And then there's all the other things. So when when I'm setting up a business like this, I always think about what we call the fudge factor, which is a percentage of your operating capital that you're going to leave aside for things that you cannot imagine happening. Things that are unexpected, things that can go wrong. Um, It's open to interpretation and, and your business, how you would set that up and what that would be. But this is all budgeting and this is all finance and this is, this is where it's very, very expensive. Now, you know where I'm going to go with this. In comparison to that, we're over to publishing, where we don't have manufacturers, we don't have shipping, we don't have storage, and we don't really have any logistics. None. I, I do it from here, where I manufacture my book, I upload it, we're done. That's it. So none of those points I've just mentioned to you apply to publishing. It's simple as that. Um, So so, so that's a definite definite win for publishing there. Let's move on now and talk about the actual um, risk involved because we've talked about cost and that's a good segue. So what about the risk? Now, in that short example of the supply chain I've just explained to you, you've got many points of failure and that's where things can go wrong. That's what the fudge factor is for. When something goes wrong, it costs money. This is something you're gonna have to write off. I've had some very valuable lessons myself, learned some very, learned things the hard way. Um, And that's, this is the problem. You know, um, risk is is such an important factor to understand. I'll start with a publishing risk because there isn't much. There isn't much. Um, None of the things I've described to you can go wrong. In the same way with publishing, yeah, the, the biggest risk we face sometimes is from people um, infringing on your copyright and causing problems with that. But you can copyright your your documents before they're given to the world and then they're safe so that you're protected. We don't have risk the same way that FBA does. It's as simple as that. But, you know, some of the points um, that I've mentioned earlier were very valid when it comes to risk. You know, you're shipping um, fuel, for example, your shipping costs can fall dramatically or increase dramatically just to the cost of fuel from one month to another Uh, shipping costs are pretty much dependent on what the shipping companies have to pay for fuel so if there's an issue in one part of the world and the fuel prices go up guess what's happening to your shipping Uh, depending on your margins and your profit and everything else like that that can really eat into what you're going to be making at the other end that's risk Um, the manufacturer sending you faulty products is risk Um, your logistic operations at the other end. Um, For example, I had uh, two containers arrive in the UK, and because they were a couple of my first containers, customers wanted to x-ray those containers. But there was a a two-and-a-half-week waiting list, and this was Q4. And it's £180 a day per container every every day they're on, on dockside. That cost me a couple of thousands, and my stock was late getting into the warehouse because by the time it arrived with Amazon's warehouse... Everybody else was arriving at Amazon's warehouse. So I was no longer early. I was becoming late, and this was Q4. So everyone's trying to get their Christmas stock in, and it was a big problem. You know, we lost sales off the back of that. Plus, we had to pay for all this stuff. It's risk. You know, you've got to be able to absorb it. You've got to be able to roll with it. Um, storage problems. um If your products aren't selling, they're sitting on a shelf somewhere. You're paying for that every single month. It's risk. You know, um I'm not going to bang on about it too much. The essential point is here, the more complicated and the more intricate your supply chain or your manufacturing situation, the more opportunity there is for things to go wrong. And in comparison with publishing, we don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. You might have an issue with your writer, which you can fire and hire another one. You might have an issue with your cover designer, replace, no problem. Uh, The the factors here are small, hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. So again, it's a definite way for publishing here. Um, Risk is very minimal when we're talking about publishing. Okay, so finally, that leaves us to training costs. So what do I mean by training costs? Well, you guys should go and do your own due diligence when you're checking this thing out. You can look all over YouTube, you'll find a ton of people offering FBA training. Um, It's expensive. What they're offering could be good, it could be bad, I don't know, I'm making no judgments whatsoever. It's going to be arguable that you get what you pay for. And to be honest, most of the time, I agree with that. Um, But it's not cheap. There's a lot of things going on there. Um, You guys make your own mind up about that. But what I would say and what I would urge you to do is check out our training costs. Because by comparison, it's not very high at all. Um, We can get you into publishing with a very, very reasonable sum of money. And I would urge you to look at the link in the description below to see exactly how that works and whatever offers we have on at the moment. Um, uh, And that really, that wraps it up. You know, right now I think the score's four-one to publishing, so we've won that one. I think that was inevitable before we started this video. Sorry, guys, but um, yeah, I, you know, you guys can check out everything I've said, make up your own mind, and, and I encourage you to. And also leave your comments, comments in the uh, in the description below. I, I reply to every single one myself, so I'm really I'd be really interested to know what you think and what your experiences are. Um, there's a, there's one last thing I want to mention to you before I go, uh, and that is the. <laughs> We've got a book coming out at the end of May. I don't know when you're watching this video, but at the end of the May, we've got our book coming out. It's called The Freedom Shortcut. This book is going to pretty much revolutionise the way that people see passive income and the freedom that you can get from it. And I urge you to get it and read it. It will change the way that you see and think about things like this. Um, it's going to be a number one bestseller on Amazon. That's a that's a given. So um, you know, get it, get on, jump on the bandwagon. I'm pretty sure you can pre-order it. Um, and if it's already out and you're watching this in the future, then um, let's know what you think. Uh, and anyway, until the next time guys it's always a pleasure doing these videos. I hope to see you in the next one and I.